the nearer a man comes to a calm mind, the closer he is to strength. Marcus Aurelius Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? Alright, welcome back to the show. Today, uh, I want to remind you guys of the effects of cortisol on the body. We'll kind of do a little discovery there. But I was taken to that topic because last episode was on the comfort crisis written by Michael Easter. And he discusses in the book scientific findings in a variety of things, but like effects of exercise on the body and how it decreases your cancer rates and heart disease rates and all these things. The effects of an overused brain where if we're plugged into media all the time, we're in this like focused mode versus unfocused mode when we're bored and the significance of having some boredom in your life and allowing your brain to sort of shut down, uh, reset, and then say, all right, I'm bored. Let's go get after it. And then be much more effective when you actually re-engage the impacts of solitude, the impacts of silence and how many problems living in a community with high noise, like if you're close to a freeway or a railroad or something that causes uh, a lot of noise in your neighborhood, there's a lot of side effects there, mental health and things like that, which is probably associated with the mental health problems of living in cities, which is probably multifaceted. So a lot of these health risks that are coming out of these problems, I immediately thought, uh, probably associated with cortisol. And uh, the reason I kind of have an interest in that is, as many of you know, I, I went to nursing school many years ago. And way back when, we went through some interesting literature talking about cortisol, was primarily focused on socioeconomic status, and that the higher you climb that ladder, the fewer incidences there are of cancer and heart disease and car accidents and all these things. And then it eventually gets into cortisol probably being a primary factor in those instances. So when you have financial stability and the ability to take some time off, to buy nice food, to go on a vacation, drive a decent car, pay your medical bills, whatever, like your stress comes down a bit, right? You feel some sense of security most of the time. Versus those that fall lower and lower on the socioeconomic ladder have a sort of a state of conic stress. They live in poorer neighborhoods, probably closer to more noise. They have less room to move around in their house or in a quiet environment. Fewer resources in the community directly around them. Uh, and then they drive worse cars. They have worse jobs. They can't pay their bills. Like the stressors sort of pile up. So in that sector of people that are on the lower economic status, they have higher cancer rates, they have higher heart disease rates, higher accident rates in every area. And I wanted to kind of show you guys why that is. So for starters, I'm going to go to my.clevelandclinic.org. So what is cortisol? For those of you who aren't really sciencey or into this. Uh, cortisol is a glucocorticoid hormone that your adrenal glands produce and release. Okay, so 
basically every organ in your body, every uh, system of your body releases various hormones. And hormones are the communicators for your body. It's like a an email or a telephone call between your brain and the system of the body or between multiple systems of your body. And so a couple episodes ago, I was, I was mentioning Andrew Huberman talking about when we do weight-bearing exercise, our skeletal system actually releases a hormone and tells the brain, hey, we're under stress down here. The brain then sends resources to improve your fitness level in, you know, your muscular system, your skeletal system, as well as, you know, the cardiovascular and things like that. So that's how hormones work. So this particular one, cortisol, is released from the adrenal glands and it literally affects every part of your body. It says it goes through the blood to your organs, skin, muscles, and other tissues. This signal tells your body what to do and when to do it. Glucocorticoids are a type of steroid hormone. They suppress inflammation in all of your bodily tissues and control metabolism in your muscles, fat, liver, and bones. Glucocorticoids also affect sleep-wake cycles. Cortisol is an essential hormone that affects almost every organ and tissue in your body. So it plays many important roles, such as regulating your body's stress response, helping control your body's use of fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, or your metabolism, suppressing inflammation, regulating blood pressure, regulating blood sugar, helping control your sleep-wake cycle. So it does a lot. And it's a very, very important hormone to have around. So when you're startled, for example, or you see an emergency situation happen, you get that flood of adrenaline, right? And that sort of increases your focus on certain things and eliminates your focus on others. So you become more hyper-focused almost. So usually if it's fear, you know, the fight or flight thing, you're like, I'm going to either fight this dangerous thing or I'm going to get the heck out of here. And you're only focused on that thing. So one example I read about years ago is like, maybe it's in the the book Blink. When a police officer is in a high-speed chase or something, they describe it as almost slow motion. They can see so many things in slow motion, but at the same time, they're missing so many things in their periphery. That's one effect of adrenaline. And cortisol comes in after adrenaline as well and has many of those same effects to help you maintain a state of focus or hyper-focus. It helps with certain brain connections, improves the ability for your brain to transmit signals. The problem is if you have chronic overloads of cortisol in your body, it starts to have the exact opposite effect. It starts to hinder brain connections. It decreases reaction time. You become a little less intelligent, like your natural intelligence is almost stymied, right? You become more likely to get in an accident, more likely to make a poor decision. And then it has all these other effects on the systems of your body. So to recap a little bit, it literally affects your nervous system, your immune system, your cardiovascular system, your respiratory system, your reproductive systems, your musculoskeletal system, and your integumentary system, which is like your skin, hair, nails. So that's why when you have chronic levels of this in your body, you're at increased risk for all kinds of illnesses as well. And so then it's this 
never-ending cycle for those people in the lower socioeconomic class where it's like more likely to have accidents, more likely to have illnesses, less likely to be able to pay the bills that they owe or replace the car they had or get the proper equipment at home for some health situation. So it becomes a, a real problem. Jumping back to this website on myclevelandclinic.org says, suppressing inflammation in short spurts, cortisol can boost your immunity by limiting inflammation. However, if you have consistently high levels of cortisol, your body can get used to having too much cortisol in your blood, which can lead to inflammation and weakened immune systems. How does it mess with your blood pressure? Regulating blood pressure, the exact way in which cortisol regulates blood pressure in humans is unclear. However, elevated levels of cortisol can cause high blood pressure and lower than normal levels of cortisol can cause low blood pressure. Increasing and regulating blood sugar. Under normal circumstances, cortisol counterbalances the effects of insulin, a hormone your pancreas makes to regulate your blood sugar. Cortisol raises blood sugar by releasing stored glucose while insulin lowers blood sugar. Having chronically high cortisol levels can lead to persistent high blood sugar, hyperglycemia. This can cause type 2 diabetes. It also plays a factor in helping control your sleep-wake cycle. So under regular circumstances, you have lower cortisol levels in the evening when you go to sleep and peak levels in the morning right before you wake up. This suggests that cortisol plays a significant role in the initiation of wakefulness and plays a part in your body's circadian rhythm. So it's pretty wild, right? So then I got curious because going back to the comfort crisis, he says that we're constantly plugged into media nowadays, right? We work on computers. We use our cell phones for all kinds of applications, whether that's functional or just for entertainment. And then if we're not on that, we're watching TV. So there's like constant, constant media which keeps our brain in a focus mode. So I wanted to do some research on that. And it was not hard to find some evidence of this. So I found this International Journal of Engineering and Technology Association of Sal Salivary Cortisol Level and Social Media Networking Usage. So I'll spare you some of the details because sometimes these scientific studies are uh, a bit monotonous the way they word things. But basically, they took students that were in college and monitored how much social media they were using. And they put them in different classes. So 11% of students spent less than one hour on social media. 40.2% uses two to four hours and 46.4% more than four hours daily. And then there were 2% that were like other the cortisol levels assessed among the male and female study groups showed high cortisol concentration in both morning and evening, and it varied between gender. But in the end, the finding was that those who used more social media had increased levels of cortisol. Now, if you think of that in the context of literally day in and day out using social media and other media sources and causing this chronically high cortisol level in your saliva, at least, which means it's probably high in your blood and other places. We're essentially putting ourselves at risk for all kinds of health complications. So why do I bring this whole thing up? Because this podcast is about finding the best principles to live by, right? Seeking happiness, seeking health. And if your health is compromised, every other good thing in your life is going to be diminished. Uh, you can certainly have a certain amount of joy with all kinds of health problems, but if we want to maximize our 
joy, helpfulness, self-respect, interpersonal connection, service to others, achieving goals, et cetera, then our health is has got to be a number one priority. So again, sleeping right and taking care of our bodies are the two things that we have to do to positively affect every other aspect of our lives. So anyway, I hope this was interesting to you, that you found some value in it, that it's a scientific-based idea where, listen, I know it's fun to get entertained with our phones and our TVs and our laptops at all times, but there's reasons we should try to instate some sabbaticals from that and have some boredom, some solitude, some silence, and let our brains and bodies feel that we are no longer in a stressed or focused state for extended periods of time. If you did get some value from this, please share, like, subscribe, leave us a review that helps us reach a broader audience. And I appreciate you all listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.